Hi, everybody. Welcome to East to West Weight Loss Surgery. My name is April, and I am the West. And I am Jason, and I am the East, and we are excited to bring you season two. It is finally here. Woo! Finally. Oh, my goodness. So Jason and I, yeah, we took a little hiatus. I'm going to take 90% of the blame. Jason is going to take 10% of the blame, and it's to totally fair, but we cannot tell you how really, truly excited we are to, to be back with you guys, to back back to he and I talking and, and recording. Uh, Jason and I, well, I am a dean of students and a teacher at an online school. And as you can imagine, COVID has made my job incredibly complex and almost to the point where it's like 24-7. And every single time Jason and I spoke, we so enjoyed our conversations. And I had to continue to push this back just because life is just crazy. And finding time to do this can sometimes be difficult when you're working full time and it, and it seems to be, you know, over the top. So I had stuff going on. Jason had stuff going on in his personal life, but we finally got to the point. It was maybe a month ago. I think that you and I, you know, connected as we always do. And, and you and I both left that conversation just saying, Oh my God, we so needed this connection with each other because we are grounded in our journeys with these conversations. It was, it's what keeps us on track. It was, it really it holds me accountable. And it's a place where I can be honest with somebody about what I'm experiencing and just either have you listen and nod and acknowledge or you help me problem solve. So, I mean, these conversations were very much missing in my life. So I'm very happy to be seeing and talking with you again. <laughs> yes, you're definitely not alone in that. I 100% same way we did. Uh, you know, every time we talk, we leave just mind blown with something that we didn't know a little nugget that we picked up from one another. And I was the exact same way I, I got to a point where I was just like, my Mondays are my last day off of the week. And instead of, you know, being excited to just hang out and not really do much, I found myself looking like, damn, like, I really wish we were recording right now. Like, I, I, mm -hmm. I miss and, you know, not not that I was stalling in what I'm trying to do as far as my, my journey goes, but at the same time, I, it just does not feel as fulfilled being able to share the things with you that we talk about and, and kind of getting tips and tricks and things that I can do because, you know, you're ahead of me, of course, so you've been through what I'm going through. So just kind of talking that out with each other and knowing that you're not alone in the battle, just it really just helps. And I think that helps with the listeners as well. And the people that, that, that are waiting for us to come back. And we got messages from you guys, which was super sweet. Everybody, yep. you know, wanted to know when we were coming back, what, what was supposed to be a little break felt like a cancellation almost that we apologize yep. for that greatly. But yeah, like April said, she's had work stuff going on. And I, I also had work stuff going on, but then I also had my, my family, you know, my, I have two grown daughters and one of my adult daughters has, two children with her, which are my grandchildren. So they all moved here from Kansas and Oklahoma. So I went from, you know, having just the, the old empty nesters house with my son that was about to move <laughs> off on to college to now we got a house full of everybody plus my grandbabies. So it's, it's been a, a bit of a change to say the least, but I wouldn't really trade it for anything because having time with them is, is, is amazing because it's been many years since I've been able to have you know, the house full and hearing them back and forth and joking and laughing and just having a good time. It's been, it's, it's been very something that I definitely needed that I wasn't sure that I was missing. So. I, as you know, I don't have children, but I'm very close with my parents and with my grandparents and both of my parents tell us all the time that that the happiest times in their lives are when 
we are around, my sister and I, you know, and and my husband and her husband and now, you know, her son. It's just, you know, when you're a parent, I think that that is the true joy in life. And you're really not happy until all of your chicks are kind of in the nest and you get to you get to reconnect. So I, I, I understand your sentiment from the from a child's perspective. And I appreciate, you know, your love for your children from from a parent's perspective. Well, I, I laugh because, you know, I tell my daughter who has the, the two grand, my, my two granddaughters that, you know, I watch her kind of get frustrated or get kind of, you know, sideways because things don't always go like she wants them to or, you know, a little short mm-hmm. on patience. And I laugh mm-hmm. and I say, listen, I was like, everybody says that this is the hardest part about having kids is because my grandbabies are two and three. Uh, and so, you know, my, my oldest is about to turn four. But I laugh because I'm like, they say this is the hardest part. I said, but what they don't teach you is, is this, you're so focused on this part of it for their whole life that nobody teaches you what to do when this is over. Yeah. Because it feels like it, you think about it and you're like, shit, now I got to do this for 17 more years. Those yeah. years go by like that. And once yeah. that's over and the dust settles, you're standing there going, what do I do now? They don't tell you shit about how to let, how how to let no. go of your kids and let them go do stuff. Like my son, who's no. 18 years old, he he's joined the Navy now, and he ships out on the 28th oh. of December, and oh. I'm a mess. I'm a mess now, and he's still here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's gonna. You know, I don't get to talk to him for six, eight months, whatever. You know, when he's in boot camp and tech school, and like. Yeah. I'm used to him being here every single night and me hanging out yeah. with him and we're playing Xbox and all that's about to be done. And like, it, you know, yeah. my kids, my, when my girls left, they were still just across town. Like yeah. it, it was nothing. Like when my, when my, uh, when my daughter moved to Kansas, she was just two hours up the highway. So that was no big deal, but mm-hmm. not to just be gone and not have contact. Like I, I'm going to be a mess. The one of the most powerful conversations I've ever had with a with a friend uh, around becoming a parent uh, was she had said, you know, the, the hardest part of it at that point, she had just had her first child. And she said, you know, I read the what to expect what you're expecting. I knew that book front and back. She said, but it ends at childbirth. So all of a sudden I got my first kid home and I was like, oh, my God, what the hell am I supposed to do? I didn't this wasn't in the book. And it's like, yeah, right. like none of this comes with instructions. And my my parents, uh, you know, thank God, they're they're very honest and open about their parenting. I yeah. mean, now that we're adults, they're they're open and honest about it. But it was a really it's been really interesting conversations with them. I mean, I'm 39 and my sister's 37 or 36 now. But you know, when I went away to college and then, you know, we went through that transition, my my sister, you know, became an adult and, and left home and, and did all this kind of stuff too. But my parents would often say like, look, we don't know how to do this, right? Like we know how to be parents, but we don't know how to be parents to adult children. So if you guys could just let us know maybe what you need along the way, and then dad and I can decide, you know, what we're going to do, you know, because you don't want to like mess with your kid's business, but at the same time, you don't want them to fail and you see them making decisions that maybe you don't agree with. And it's just been really nice because you know, as an adult, I can go to my parents and I can say, hey, I think I need your help with this. And it's so nice for my parents to be like, yeah, you know, I think we can help you with that. Or, you know, and it's not like, I mean, help in every sense of the word. 
Sure. Uh, but then there's also times when parents are like, uh, you know, I think I'm going to let you deal with this on your own because either that's too personal or, you know, or I, I don't feel equipped for that. And it's just been really nice to partner with your parents in an adult sense instead of like having your parents, you know, like parent you. Uh, because sometimes even at 39, I need my parents to, to kind of parent me. And then other times I need my parents to be a partner or I need my parents to be like right. my guide or a mentor. Um, you know, and sometimes I've also gone to my parents and been like, I don't want you to say a fucking word. I just need you to listen and just nod. And then I'm going to move yes. on. Right. And it's so hard yes. because you can see them. They're just like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, dude. That is the worst thing you yeah, can tell I'm a parent because we're like, we're like, but, 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 but can I just, can, can I just, but if I could just maybe get, a, eh. and you're just yeah. like, no. And we're like, oh, shit. Like, I, it was funny that you said that because I had to tell my, my wife that about my son the other day because we're trying to tell, like, I told my son when he was like 14 or 15. I was like, you're not there yet. I was like, but you're going to get to a point as a boy that you think you've got it covered because we all do. We all get to a point where we're like, she ain't tell me shit. Like, I know what I'm doing. Mm. I was like, listen to me when I tell you, you don't. You don't know what yeah. the hell you're doing. You've got no, no idea. I was like, I've been through all of it. I was like, so please just when you th when when you're listening to me and you think that I don't know what I'm talking about, I promise you I do. I was like, so just don't let your head tell you that I'm dumb and just do what you want to do. I was like, because I'm trying to help you. I will mm -hmm. never give you advice that hurts you in any way, shape, or form. And you know, we're trying and now, now cut to 18 and he knows everything and I told I told my friend the other day I was talking to him on the phone and my son was in the room and I was like hey you ever have any problems I was like you just call you know call my boy I was like because he knows all, everything so he'll help you smooth out of whatever jam you're in because he's got it on lock like he's just mm -hmm. got it. and he's looking at me all crazy and I'm like I'm just saying like you got it down like you don't need anything. he told me out. he and, told me bro my, you know everything my wife was just banging her head against the wall because she's like, I don't think he understands what he's doing. Because in his mind, he's letting his little Navy recruiter tell him, oh, this job's this, this job's that. Well, he found out going in when he took his test that he's colorblind partially. So he oh, can't wow. do a lot of the stuff. That, and we had no idea. Even He didn't even have any idea because he's basically, yeah. he's just, he's shade colorblind. Like he can, he okay. can tell things are red or things are blue, but he can't tell the difference in the shades of blue. So he figured that out and they're like, well, now you can't do like 90% of the Navy job. So you've got this yeah. small little pool of jobs to pick from. And so what my wife was trying to explain to him is, is you're looking at this like a five-year commitment. Like you're going to go in there, do your five years and you're going to be done. But if you get in there and happen to like it, you've got to like this job you're picking forever for 20 years, for whatever, however many years you're in until you decide to leave. Mm -hmm. She's mm -hmm. like, so I just want that to resonate with you when you're picking these jobs. And, you know, he was kind of blowing her off because she doesn't know, of course, because she's never been in the Navy. So what would she know? I'm like, yeah, well, neither have you. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> so, so I'm talking to him and, and I finally, I just looked at my wife and, and she's like, I'm trying to keep him from me. And I said, hey, sometimes they've got to bump their head. You've got to just let them do it. Like we mm -hmm. know it's going to, we, we know it may end bad, but mm -hmm. there's nothing we can do about it. He's 18. He did the majority of this process on his own, which is awesome because we have three kids and we have three different levels of responsibility. 
my son wants to be independent and he wants to do 90% of things by himself. He'll ask for very limited amounts of help. Um, my daughter that has the children, she needs a little bit more, a little bit more nurturing, comforting, mm -hmm. teaching how to be a, a human. She needs a little bit more of that. And then mm -hmm. we have our, you know, the, the other daughter from Kansas, she, she pretty much dives headlong into the wind and very, very rarely will ask us for assistance. But when she does, she knows what she needs and she comes to us with a plan and it's one of those things. So it's funny that we have the different levels that we get to parent, but it, it just, it, it resonates with me very much what you're talking about because that is exactly what we go through in life on a day-to-day -day basis. <laughs> right? Oh my God, right? I mean, and it kind of, it really actually ties into kind of what we're talking about today. And it ties into the whole reason that, that you and I do this, this, the East to West, all the stuff that we do, right? We are here to support this community with humor, humility, and honesty, right? We have to laugh about some things because that's how we get through life. We have to acknowledge that we are not the experts, but we have a story and we want to share it. Uh, and we have to be honest about that because if we're not honest about our experience, other people are going to get information that, that is not grounded in the truth. And we want to make sure that we are helping this community in all of the stages, right? Just like your kids are all over in all of the stages, we are all over in our stages of, uh, of, of weight loss surgery, of, of, of the bariatric process. Some of us are just beginning to think about bariatric surgery. Some of us are 10, 20 years out of bariatric surgery. Uh, so the, the whole point of this is to provide support to the community so that people can take what they need from it and make their life as best as possible. Just like what you're trying to do with your kids. Hey, here's what I know. Use it as you will. Uh, we're trying to do the exact same thing with, with our with our community. That's what we're, that's what we're here for. Yes, definitely. And that's, it's so much of everyday life just factors right into and comes across in what we do here with, with you guys and with each other. And I, you know, we just, we, we love being able to be, you know, some of the voices that you guys tune into, uh, yeah. if for nothing else, just to get a little information, maybe laugh a little bit, you know, yeah. we can't take ourselves too seriously, especially in the times that we're in just trying to, we're all just trying to make it through the day, man. Oh, so. God. We're all <laughs> anything, to survive. anything oh. we can do to help shed light on that. We are, we are yeah. happy to be able to do so. Yep. So if you guys are just joining us for season two, season one was a blast. Jason and I had a really fun time doing it. We started this because Jason and I literally said, oh, we're both interested in like helping this community. Jason had some experience in podcasting. I wanted to start a podcast. Boom, east to west. So season one was really just about getting our, our feet wet, but we talked to some amazing people. We deep dove with Wendy just to talk about some of the, the mental transitions that we have to go through before and after bariatric surgery. We talked to members of the community about their own personal experiences. We talked about dating after weight loss surgery. We talked about like getting ready for weight loss surgery. We, we had a lot of fun and we were blown away at how much our stories and our community resonated with other people. I mean, every day that we would log into like Anchor, which is where we where we host our podcast, Jason and I were just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that that got, you know, 150 listens, or that got so many downloads where people really resonated with us, the comments that we got. So we knew that we were onto something. Jason and I felt there was a hole in the bariatric community in terms of support. So it's our goal to like kind of create what we feel is is needed. So when we really started to talk about season two, what we were going to do, there was a lot of motivation behind that because there are some things and topics that this community is, is asking for and needing. So we're really hoping that we're going to deliver that 
in season two. Uh, so looking ahead, what you can expect is that we're going to continue to share our personal stories. We're just going to get real honest and real, really real about what, what we are experiencing in the moment. Uh, we're going to deep dive into common misconceptions about weight loss surgery. We're going to talk about small ups and downs, what those can do to us and how we how we combat them. And then we're going to continue to talk with members of this community because that's where the the golden nugget of information lies is in you guys, the listeners, the, the people of this community. Uh, we're going to talk with Becca again. Becca, uh, she's been on the podcast a couple of times. She she lovingly refers to Jason and I as her VSG mom, mom and dad. Uh, we yes. just connected with her. She's a wonderful human. She just had a VSG surgery maybe a week ago uh, at yeah. this point. So we're going to, yeah, we're going to connect with her and talk about her experiences fresh out of bariatric surgery. Uh, another one of my personal friends, my VSG kind of angel, the, the woman who, who let me know that it was okay to have basically bariatric surgery. She's gone through plastic surgery, so we're going to talk to her about, about her experiences after surgery, and we're just going to continue to reach out to members of our, of our community. We're hoping to talk again with Wendy. We're hoping to connect with a weight loss surgeon, uh, a plastic surgeon, a weight loss surgery nutritionist. We're just bringing in all of the resources from this community that we know already exists and package them in a very nice, consumable, usable uh, piece of information for, for everybody to use. So if you are listening or if you're watching to, to watching this podcast on, on YouTube and you have some feedback or you have a topic that you are really interested in, in diving deep in about, contact us. Just let us know. You can see we're very adorable humans on the other side of these microphones and we really want to talk with you. We want to connect with you. Uh, and we want, we want to, we want to make sure that we're producing things and putting putting out content that is of value to you and to this community. And we, we know that only if you reach back out to us. So please, please do that. Yeah, we definitely, uh, like April said, looking at anchor, looking at the stats, looking for all the, all the downloads and the listens and things you can, you know, we got a good feeling for what really resonates with, with you guys, the listeners. Um, and that's really what we're trying to frame season two around the things that really got the most traction, kind of leaving behind some of the more technical stuff that may not have, uh, may not have hit home for, for a lot of you as well. So, uh, looking into it, we're really trying to do things more aligned with what, you know, you guys need to hear. Like April said, please reach out to us. We're more than willing to talk to you guys about anything like that. Any help you need, anything we can do to assist. Like April said, if we don't know the answers, we're going to find them for you. Uh, we're going to connect with some of the people that we've got, you know, that we're in connect with to be able to do that for you. And we're more than more than happy to adjust the content uh, to what's going to work out best for you guys, because we wouldn't be here doing what we're doing without you guys. I mean, I guess we could do it, but if nobody's listening, what's the point? April and I are pretty busy, so just doing it for no <laughs> reason, not really what, uh, not really the business, so. Yeah, if we, you know, as long as we can resonate with you guys and, and you know, keep you guys listening and, and active in what we've got going on, that's really what, that's our main goal and concern. Yep. And really, that's how today's topic came about. Uh, you and I just were talking, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and you and I both said, um, I kind of feel like things are normal, right? Like, all of a sudden, we 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 moved into this area of our lives where we don't feel like we're bariatric patients anymore, right? Like things are just normal. We're like into routines. Nothing feels odd. It's just, we're kind of like, we feel normal. Like nothing has changed. 
Uh, and that can be a really good thing and it can be a really bad thing. So today we're gonna deep dive into our topic of normalcy, right? So what does it mean? How is it a good thing? How is it a bad thing? Um, how, how do we know when we're falling back into our old ways? And then what can we do to make sure that we stay engaged with our, with our bariatric uh, recovery and, and our healing? And how do we stay engaged with this new, right, with this, this new life that, that we found ourselves in? So right, when, we, when we realize that things are back to normal or when we realize, for me, it was all of a sudden it was like, oh, I ate, I think I ate a whole slice of pizza, one slice. But I ate a whole slice of pizza. It took me, you know, 30 minutes. But all of a sudden I was like, oh God, I haven't eaten a whole slice of pizza in a year, like more than a year. And all of a sudden it did dawn on me. I was like, oh my God, I haven't really thought about my procedure at all recently. And it was like, well, that's amazing. Like, I guess that means that everything is fine. And I kind of freaked out a little bit because I was like, well, wait a minute, how can things be fine? Because I had major surgery and I've lost 116 pounds now nothing is normal nothing is the same but my brain was it was it just seamlessly went back to oh everything's fine everything's normal you can go back to doing what you want to do and that's a little bit terrifying not enjoyable yeah, yeah no definitely so have you also felt that you have kind of fall fallen back into this like sense of normalcy this sense of like just nothing has changed yeah uh actually I believe mine happened about a month ago. I was about the six month mark and I missed, I was supposed to get labs done to go back for my six month checkup uh, with the surgeon and I blew past the labs, blew past the appointment. They were like, oh, well, it's the day for the appointment, but we don't have your labs in the system. And I'm like, oh, it's because I didn't get them done. Um, and they were like, well, go ahead and get your labs Ooh. done. Then you can come see us and then we'll do it. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. And I still haven't yeah. got my labs done and I'm and I'm seven months out now. So I'm like, it's funny to me how, because I'm awful with, if, if I don't get the labs done in the doctor's office that same day, I'm horrible. And I'm the mm. same way with refilling prescriptions. I'm awful with that too. Mm. So, and I know that ahead of time, which I normally set, but, but I was so excited for the three month checkup and all the post-op checkup because I wanted to get there to see how great I was doing. And I will, you know, but I'm to the point now where I'm just like, I'm kind of tired of doctors as a whole, like, cause I was going when I was big. And now that I've had the surgery, I was going and I mm -hmm. went to my primary care the other day. And she was, you know, trying to, <clears throat> excuse me. She was trying to, she still wants to mess with all my medication and trying to do all this stuff. But I finally got to the point where all of my labs are level for normal mm. people, which is mm. fantastic, but they're normal for normal people with my medication. So I don't want to mess with anything right now. And yeah. she's, she's one of those doctors that always wants to fiddle with stuff like, oh, well, let's try this and move this and change this and do this. And so I'll leave with seven new medications and another $150 at Walgreens. And I'm like, I, I don't want to do all that. Like, I, I want yeah. to be done with that part. So if yeah. I'm level right now, I'm just going to stay level with what I got. Like I'm trying to kind of move. But the normalcy part of that is you want to feel that much like a normal person and normal people don't go to the doctor every couple of weeks. They don't go for, you know, exactly. all like they'll go for yep. a yearly checkup and physical, but they're not going to Walgreens and filling scripts and getting new scripts every couple of weeks. And you're just like, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to, I don't want to do all that. So yeah. the normalcy factor of it for me was I had gotten so back into a normal routine that I was just like, 
you know, I thought about it and I don't remember what it was that I had eaten kind of similar to you with the whole piece of pizza thing. I don't remember what it was I had eaten, but I was like, Oh yeah. I was like, I, that's, I haven't had that since surgery and I'd forgotten that there was a surgery to not have it since. Mm-hmm. And you just, because your scars start going away and everything starts kind of blended. The, the only thing is, is you're changing, you know, clothing size and things, but you don't think about why that's happening. You just know that you're losing weight like you're supposed to be doing because your routine now is don't eat like a freshly freed hostage, exercise <laughs> a little bit, do this, do that. You know, your routines are just your routine base now. So you eat healthy, you exercise, you do your thing. And it just becomes a daily routine and habit that you're doing, not centered around, I've just had this surgery and a major body and life change. And now I've got to do things that surround that. So that falls to the wayside about month four or five. And you just kind of things, you just start catching traction on what your new life is. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it's also, you know, but before surgery, we definitely had a normal, but that normal was killing us, right? And after surgery, you're so excited to get back to that sense of normalcy, right? Because after surgery, everything is changing. Your emotions are all over the place. You, you realize that you have to make some major changes. You need to do things differently. But that change also gives you a positive reward, right? I'm making all these changes, but look, I've lost 10 pounds or 20 pounds or 30 pounds and and my clothes are going down and people are saying things and compliments are coming, right? It's like, it's this constant like, okay, well, the change is good and people are noticing. It's like this reward habit loop that you kind of get yourself into, right? Because this is, you know, I worked so hard to have surgery, so I would make all these changes. But then you get to a point where people comment less or you just kind of get to this plateau right so your clothes don't change anymore or you kind of lost your weight you know I'm I'm a year and a half ish out, out of surgery and I'm still losing but I'm losing like a half a pound a week or you know not 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 as many pounds a week so you know my my, my clothes have, size has stabilized and people are kind of used to seeing me now at this size so it's like well okay so now I guess the fun stuff is over And that's dangerous because you want to, your brain is going to want to go back to those old habits because, and and your old way of doing things, because that's how you've always done it. You only know how to live your life as a fat person. That's it. You, you did it for 15, 20, 30, wow, however many years and your brain is going to go, well, things are normal. Things are boring. So I'm, I'm in discomfort or I'm, I'm not happy. Well, how do I get happy? Oh, I know how I get happy. Before surgery, I ate a bunch of food or I drank a lot or I did these things that brought me temporary happiness or numbed this feeling of being unhappy. And it usually, I mean, everything involves food, especially for me. So when I realized like, oh, like things feel normal and like life kind of like, I don't know, like all the the happy things that came with weight loss surgery uh, dissipated. Uh, and it was like, well, I guess I'm feeling normal. Well, that's kind of boring or that's kind of scary or, you know, what, why, why am I feeling this way? And I realized that I was kind of reverting a little bit back to my old habits. We were eating out more. Uh, we were indulging in foods that I normally would indulge in. I wasn't, well, I, I was drinking more. I was you know, instead of having a glass of wine once a month, maybe I was having a glass of wine once a week or 
you know, just little things like that. And it, it's really scary because I'm, I find that I'm going back to the things that I used to do before surgery. And even though I can't eat as much, I'm still eating more of it, right? I'm having more pizza or I'm having more treats or there's more candy around the house or there's more, instead of one glass of wine, I'm having two glasses of wine. And that's not good because if I continue to do that, I'm going to look how I looked before surgery, after surgery, right? It's that two year mark. As Wendy always says, you have two, you have a 50% chance of regaining your weight two years after surgery. And I'm not to that two-year mark yet. And all of a sudden, I'm doing some things that I was doing before. And, you know, my weight's slowed, you know. And maybe I'm going to step on the scale one day, and it's, I'm going to be up a little bit. And that's, that's really dangerous, too, right? Because if I'm up a little bit, am I going to go back to that shame cycle? Am I going to go back to, to, my, to, to the tool that I use to feel better, which is food? I don't want to, but, oh, my God, it's, it, it's a possibility. And that's, that's scary. Well, and, and it is, it's very scary, but the what, the good thing about it is, is that you recognize it, you notice it, and you can start adjusting yeah. appropriately, because I, something similar to that, I noticed that I started bargaining with myself, because I would drop, I would lose some, and I would be like, oh, oh, well, that's good, I'm down a couple of pounds, so having an extra protein bar today won't hurt, or having this, or having that, or maybe taking a bite of, you know, this that my granddaughter has that I know I probably shouldn't. And, uh, you know, and, and that's the thing that you turn around in the next day. And for us, it's different because something that uh, a person that hasn't had surgery may indulge in something and they may not gain any weight. They may only gain a couple of ounces. But for us, when you look at a pound or two pounds on the scale, that locks us up. We'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, you know, two whole pounds in a day, like, ah, you know, I didn't think it was that bad. And then we start freaking out and start clamoring around. Well, I started noticing that. So I would get down to like, I got down to 319. It was so super excited. Well, I, you know, slipped and had, I don't remember what it was I had. I think I had an extra protein bar or something that day, which, you know, they're great for protein, but they also have like 300 calories and they've got, you know, carbs yeah. and things and so you eat that and then you turn around and you're like oh shit well that was i was 319 now i'm 320 or 321 and then you're like well shit now i gotta start over so the next day you're like nah probably i'm gonna i'm gonna buckle down and i'm gonna do this this and this and i'm not gonna do anything crazy and then lunch comes and you're like well i mean i think i can have this or that and then you kind of slide a little bit and then you're like i mean i did so good all morning and this is exactly the same type of thinking that got us in the situation that we were in now because we would do this on diets so what you have to do this is your new normal setting in like you know like april said so your mind reverts to using the same logics and things like that that will be like oh you know what's the problem what's the big deal you can find you know take a little bite of the the ice cream that you fixed for the kids you know just to make this or take this kind of juice or whatever you made just a little sip it's not gonna hurt you like Yep. I noticed that I would, and, and I, I'm not a noodle fan, like ramen noodles, any kind of, I, I'm not, I just, I don't like them. They're gross, but people love them and that's fantastic, but I've just never been, I, I don't get it. So I was mixing them for my granddaughter and I, for whatever reason, I guess I was just tasting them for temperature to see if they were hot or not. Mm. My stomach 
you would have thought I ate a pint of ice cream. My stomach folded it, and it was like three little chopped up noodles that I had. Oh, my stomach folded in on itself probably six times and was like, my whole body was like, what are you doing? Oh, it hurts so bad. I was like, oh, I was like, and those aren't even good. Like, I didn't even get to enjoy what it was that what I wasn't supposed to have. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, my body was just, I mean, my stomach just instantly was just like, nope. And I was just, oh, I was miserable. But yeah, it just, it's stuff like that. Or what I've noticed about myself is crackers. Oh, yeah. I, I was a fan before, but it's like I'm a fiend now because mm -hmm. I'll have a few and then I'll have a few more. And then it's like, oh, you know, what's a box? And then you find out that you're blowing through a box like every couple of days mm -hmm. because it's mm -hmm. like you'll take little bowls and do it. And that's cool. But when you're filling the bowl up again and again, what's yeah. the point in buying and getting a small bowl to start with? Because yeah. you just refill that damn bowl and keep going. Yeah. And I, I, I figured it out, which my wife was giving me crap about it. But I figured it out because one night that was my dinner. Literally, I ate a bowl of crackers for dinner. And then I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, of course you're up two pounds the next day, you jackass, because you ate, mm -hmm. a, box, you ate a damn bowl of crackers. Like, come on. Mm -hmm. And so then you start realizing like, oh, yes, that was dumb. Then you go yeah. back to making your adjustments and going back. But yeah, like April said, I mean, the, the thing about this whole deal is, you know, you can rely on willpower only so much. Because at the end of the day, if willpower was all we needed to not be fat, we wouldn't need the surgery to begin with. So we would have just willpowered our asses on the treadmill and the weight room and the, and the kitchen, and we would just would have been fine in the first place, and we wouldn't have needed it. Willpower may work for some in some instances, and that if if you're one of those people, I applaud you a hundred percent. But it definitely doesn't work for everybody because we have a whole community of people that says otherwise. <laughs> it's so we, this topic continues. This is like this is the the theme for this month because I too noticed that I was doing some things uh, differently recently than right after surgery. I would get really hungry as I was making dinner and I would be snacking on things as I was making dinner. And then I would go to eat dinner and I would be full. But then in my brain, I'm like, but you made dinner. So you need to eat this. Like, this is your protein. Well, no, all I'm doing is overeating. Right. So that, that is, that is my old pattern of just constantly eating and always seeking that full, that feeling of being full. And after VSG, not only was I, I didn't need that food, but now I'm painfully full. And that's the danger zone, right? Because if I'm constantly eating till I'm painfully full, all I'm doing is expanding my stomach. And that, right, that, that is not what I want to do. Well, last week, perfect timing, the, the, the WW topic, which was formerly Weight Watchers. I, I've rejoined Weight Watchers. Very, very glad that I, that I did so. Um, and the topic last week was willpower. And the statement that they shared with us is, look, willpower is finite and it's fleeting. We all have willpower, but willpower is our ability to combat what is natural for us. So even though we can all combat it, it's a finite resource. It dwindles throughout the day uh, and it's not the, the end all be all. We can't rely on willpower to get us through these difficult times because by the end of the day, we have already used that willpower bank on things that are not necessarily all related to food. 
right? We're using willpower in every facet of our life. But if, if food is the thing that we struggle with the most, we're going to run out of it very quickly. And if we don't plan accordingly, if we don't have a, a, a plan in place that we can execute, then we can't rely on willpower. So just to say that like, well, you just need to use your willpower. No, that's bullshit. That, that is, that it's going to get you a little ways, but it's not going to get you the, the whole distance. Well, and that's something else that, that people talk like that, that we know as, you know, uh, you know, for lack of a better terms, recovering food addicts, we're not going to listen to shit we don't want to listen to, whether yeah. it's willpower, whether it's our support group, whether it's our, you know, support. Pro- Hell, if I'm in, if, if I'm in the mode to get what I want to get, you yeah, and I could be talking right now and my ass is still going to get it. Like I can yeah. talk to you of all people and be like, uh-huh. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I'm going to end this meeting and I'm going to go right in there and I'm going to do what it, what it was I wanted to do in the first place. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing. You have to realize that you're responsible for your own wants, needs, and behaviors, and you're the only one that can change it. So to me, I had to sit down and have an honest talk with myself. My wife was like, you're not even supposed to be buying this shit. And I'm like, yeah. I know. And I went all through the store. It wasn't on the list. And as I was going through my ass, I'm not even going to say inadvertently, I took myself down the cracker aisle and was like, oh, look, bloop, right in the back. Like, wasn't supposed to be, was I wasn't even supposed to be over there. But I still went because that's the thing. I don't normally go to the store. So it's super easy for me to not buy stuff that I shouldn't be buying because I don't Mm -hmm. go. Like I go, we, we order online to keep from, you know, wandering oh, through the yeah. aisles and getting yep. extra stuff that we don't need. So impulse buys yep. are out of it. We don't have to worry about yep. that. Well, yep. here lately, we've been making some shifts. So we've actually been going to the store or I'll need Ooh. a few things to make whatever I'm making. And so yep. I already know that me walking into the store is bad because nine times out of 10, I'm going to do something that I shouldn't be doing. I'm going to buy something yep. I shouldn't. I'm going to try something that I know I shouldn't be trying and I just uh and I recognize that so I've just made it like other people go to the store now I just don't go yes it's funny we uh we we've kind of been quarantining with some friends uh and this weekend we saw them and I on Amazon ordered this big bag of Halloween candy right because kids are going to be here and I was like kids need candy that's bullshit. Kids do need candy, but I also want some candy. April needs uh, well, candy too. Right? April needs some candy too. Well, I ordered it on a Wednesday from Amazon and it was supposed to be here on Friday and it didn't arrive. And it was like 10 o'clock at night on Friday. And I was like, God, that stuff didn't, the, the candy didn't come. And I went onto Amazon and for some reason, the universe intervened. Thank, thank you, universe. But my item was undeliverable. Yes. And I was like, that is bullshit. And then I thought, but thank you. God, because yes. if that item would have been delivered, uh, the kids would have had candy, which whatever, kids candy. Okay, you, everybody's got an opinion on that, but I would have, I would have eaten most of that candy, oh, right? Yeah. I just would have done that, and that was like, okay, that's the universe telling me you are going down a really bad path. You are really lacking some some self control. Your willpower is at zero, and I am letting my emotions overrun my desire to live at a healthy life and that is my addiction that is my addiction coming through loud and clear 
so really two two things stepped in right uh amazon thank you amazon for jacking up my order uh and, and i noticed something was wrong uh there are some other things that we can that we can do to to kind of notice that, that we're going down this wrong path and jason i think you said it people who love us are going to say um something's changed right just like your wife has said it my husband has said it to me in the past and it is not judgment they're not trying to well, maybe they are and if they are they're bad people but they're they're normally not trying to like make you feel that all they're saying is you're doing something different and i don't know if that different thing is good or bad and if we react to that negatively we jump down their throat we are missing one of the biggest red flag warnings that we have because the people who we live with the people who love us really want us to be healthy and they're not saying it to be mean they're saying it to help us and if we shut them down or if we make them feel awful for saying something truthful they're never going to say that truthful thing again and that could be what we need to help us get us back on track right that's the red flag that we need i needed amazon i needed my husband just like you needed your wife and you needed that grocery store trip to go um something's wrong something is wrong well and i knew it was bad because the the first time I, I bought them and this is this is straight junkie mentality i bought them i brought them home put them in a, a cabinet that nobody goes in that's by my work desk so nobody oh, would find them you hid them yeah oh. yeah so uh, yeah i i had bootleg i had bootleg snack crackers yeah oh yeah and so i was sitting there at my desk and i could literally just reach back and open the door and pour them into a little bowl that I also kept in the cabinet so I didn't have to get yeah. up and nobody heard me moving around and I could just eat it. Well, another good alarm for me is my granddaughters know what the sound of the crackers hitting that bowl are and they come running. <laughs> They're like, I want crackers. And so now when they run and because they run back between my office and my wife's office because we're all working from home still. So yeah. they'll come walking in with a handful of Cheez-Its and my wife's going, where the hell did you get those? And, you know, oh, yeah. oh Pop-Pop got them for me. And I'm like, so I got yeah. busted on my little bootleg crackers. And yeah. that was a great thing because, you know, I would have kept doing yeah. it because they're amazing. But Well, and that's really, that's really hard to admit, too, because there's shame with having to admit I'm hiding food. Oh, yeah. Right? It's shameful. You don't want to admit that. And you don't want other people to know that. But at the same time, these things kind of have to happen for you to go, okay, I, yeah, uh, something, something's going wrong here. So, so I have to ask you, Jason, why do you think, what, what is driving your, your step back into old habits? What, what is, what is, what, what's kind of behind that? Have you thought about it, about what's driving that? I, well, it was funny because we just had stuff in the pantry. And so I started that with just, well, let me try. I mean, I know I'm not supposed to have carbs, but if I have a small little amount a day, as long as I'm doing the, the rest of the stuff good, this will get me through because as my stomach started settling down and, and I can eat just a little bit more, like I would have one of the elevation protein bars from Aldi or like, that's like my amazing, most favorite go-to. And I buy just those on the regular now because they're just great. Um, I used to have like a protein shake and stuff in the morning. And then by like 10, 10 30, I would start getting hungry again. And I don't do lunch usually until 1 30. So that's a big gap to just not have anything. And mm -hmm. I usually get about 48 ounces of water in, in that time frame. But 
I started feeling like I was hungry while I was getting to a point where I'd do like a protein bar at 1030, 10, or I started backing that down to about 945 or 10. Then I would have like two or three eggs at 12 and then go ahead and do a small lunch at like 1.30. But that stuff started getting to the point. I think we were out of eggs one day and I had mm. had the protein bar and I didn't have it. And I was like, well, I'll just have a few of these and it'll be fine. Yeah. Well, the few crackers turned into a bowl of crackers turned into yep. just let me just keep doing that instead of eating eggs because it's faster and easier to just pour a little bowl of crackers than it is to sit there yep. and scramble three eggs because three eggs takes eight minutes pouring a bowl of crackers takes eight seconds. So, yep. so again, you know, you're, you start, you're justifying. Oh yeah, hundred yeah, right? percent. So you're, in, you're bargaining. In the interest of time of me, you know, being up from my desk too long and working, don't just mm -hmm. take a break and cook some damn eggs. You know, you mm -hmm. just pour a bowl of crackers, no big deal. Well, those were gone. So then I had to start buying them. And then, you know, it just yep. so it just kind of tumbled from there on. But it did specifically went back to just old habits of doing stuff. And it was, you know, well, if I just do this one time a day, it's not a big deal. Well, then yeah. it turned into one time a day. Then it turned into later in the evening. I'd get snacky after dinner was done and we were still up because yep. we yep. may dinner at six or seven o'clock, but we don't go to bed till like midnight or one. Well, yeah. that's a long time between eating dinner and going to bed. So you're like, oh yep. man, some crackers sound good right now. So then you have yep. another bowl. So now you're yep. two bowls a day. Yep. So, I mean, you always push it. Um, and that's just kind of the thing that you start realizing that, you know, you've now thrown yourself out of whack into a habit that you didn't need to have no. in the first place. No, it's an old habit. It's an old habit. And I think, you know, I, I think there's a lot of different facets to this because there doesn't actually need to be a reason that's sparking this old habit. It's an old habit. It's what you did forever and it's how you find comfort. So food is engineered now to be almost irresistible. So you've got that layer. You have, I feel normal. Uh, something has happened in my world, consciously or unconsciously, it's triggering me to, to think about my old habits. And then, you know, just stress. I mean, we're, we're living through a pandemic. Everything is different. Nothing seems normal. So I think in this time period, we are craving normalcy. And the normal thing for us to do is eat and eat certain foods. And 99% of the time, those foods are not the foods that are going to sustain us at a lower weight. So we've got a lot of things that are really working against us that are, you know, triggering these old ways of doing things. And we've worked so hard and we have come so far in our journeys, yet these are the paramount things that, 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 that we're battling. And I know for me, I, I don't like to be bored. And when I'm bored, when I'm feeling normal, that kind of panics me. Uh, and that's what triggers me to kind of go down those old roads, right? So I'm bored, something must be wrong. Why am I not feeling excited? Or, you know, why am I, why am I feeling unfulfilled? Oh my gosh, that's not a really great feeling. Well, how do I, how do I feel good? I eat. And I, right, I, I can't keep doing that. So, you know, I think, you know, knowing that you're going to want to go back to your old habits, you, you just have to recognize it and you have to take it as fact. And then when you start noticing things, you have to take action, right? So you and I kind of came up with a list of like, well, how do we know that we're going back to our old ways, right? Well, we start testing out foods that we haven't eaten since surgery. We start eating them again. We start buying them again. 
we 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 realize that we're enjoying these old foods or we're going back to our old restaurants and it's like oh okay that's that that's not good that that's that's a uh, aha hey things things are going off the rails a little bit uh, we and you know I've already talked about this but we notice that we can eat a little bit more than we have in the past right and we take that as license for oh I can eat more I'm healed like everything's great no nope, everything is not great you should always be able to eat a very small amount of food. That's the whole reason that that we did this. Well, to reduce our the, intake. The funny thing that my that my wife was saying the other day is she made uh, jambalaya for the girls because they love it, and that's one of the few things that they will actually eat, you know, mm. and and eat on a regular basis, and you know, for mm-hmm. lunch, dinners, and things. So kind of a meal prep type of deal. And she was like, "Well, did you have any of that?" I'm like, "Oh God, no! I can't have rice. That's carbs." And she goes. <laughs> So it's a half a box of crackers your ass ate the other day, but you were eating those. And I'm like, but not like that. That's different carbs. And that's, you know, and she's just like, uh-huh. Because I'm like, uh-huh. it's so funny to me because I'm like rice, pasta, any of that. I'm like, oh, not carbs. I couldn't possibly eat those. Those are carbs. And she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> While you stuff Cheez-Its in your face. And I'm like, touche. Touche. Yep. Right. Uh, that, that's why we all need somebody in our home to go, mm, really? Mm-hmm. But what's funny is I've noticed I will, as as much as I kind of am going, you know, veering off the rails for me, for a bariatric patient, I watch people, the way people eat now and the things, yeah. the amount that they eat. And I'm yeah. horrified. I'm like, yeah. I can't, like, you're going to eat all that. And, yeah. and I don't think like as much as that's, I've just kind of, settled into normalcy for me as a patient now knowing what I am able to eat and not wanting to go back to the amount that I used to eat Mm -hmm. I'll watch people make plates now and I'm just like I'm horrified like my son last night ate six pieces of pizza well he's also 18 and working out and going to the navy and I was just like six pieces of pizza knowing I used to clear out a large pizza by myself Yep. So that that's that's the the upside to feeling the normalcy is those things will become crazy to you on a daily basis. You will see somebody that you know is overeating and you'll just be shocked and horrified that they're eating yep. that much, knowing you used to do the same thing, but you would do it yep. multiple times on a daily basis. Yep. And I, I've actually had a conversation with Wendy about this, my my therapist, and it's a double-edged sword because when you see people eating and you find yourself judging them, which is what you're doing, right? You're, you're making a judgment of their yeah. actions versus your actions. And it's powerful to say, wow, I used to do that, right? I used to do that and I no longer do that. Where it can become a danger is that if you're, if you're truly judging other people, you're using your brain space to shift the focus off of you onto them, right? So it's easy to say, oh my God, well, I don't do that anymore. Like, oh, like how horrible these people do, they're ruining their lives. But by doing that, you're also taking the deflection away from you because you say, well, I don't do that anymore. I don't eat six slices of pizza. I only eat one now. Well, I shouldn't even be having pizza. It's still pizza. (laughs) It's still pizza. And, And regardless of how much they're eating, it's taking the focus away from me. Right. So I need to be very careful about that because I have to say, I have to not judge other people because if I do, I'm using energy that I could be using on myself, making myself better. I'm giving my energy away to somebody else and, I, and I'm judging them. 
I, I have to, re I have to just get away from that mindset because it's, it's deflecting the, the, it's deflecting the, the point, right? The point is not what somebody else is eating. The point should be, what am I eating? What am I doing every day that's helping me live my life at a healthy weight? What am I putting in my body that helps me? All these other people, it's just a distraction. And if I want to distract myself and if I want to go down that road, then I guess I'm going to go down that road, but that's not actually serving me. That's right. serving my addiction. Right. And it's a, it's a double-edged sword and it's, it's another flag for me. It's another indicator to go, okay, you, you're, you're trying to, you, your addiction is working very hard to distract you from the reality, which is you're making different choices and those choices aren't helping you live your life at a healthy weight. I mean, right. it's, it's amazing. It is amazing. All of the deep, dark recesses and corners that my addiction lived. It's everywhere. It is everywhere. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. Um, and that's that's kind of one of those things where it, it it observations will allow you to keep yourself in check, but mm -hmm. when you allow it to consume you and you're mm -hmm. super worried about what everybody else is doing versus what your own self is doing, that's when there's you know those flags start going up. So yep. you always want to make sure that you can kind of keep keep mindful that you know you're not doing the old stuff that some of the other people you're around are doing. And that's how you know that you're still doing better. You just have to still be mindful of exactly what it is that you're doing and not be super concerned with other people. Yep, exactly. Uh, the other thing that you and I talked about is, you know, how, how do we know that we're going back in our old ways? Uh, we, we notice that we are drinking more or we're spending more money, right? And by drinking, it could be alcoholic beverages. It could just be sugary beverages, or you notice that you're spending more money. Those are two very big red flags that, that indicate that you are going down a, a path that's not good, right? Because you're, you're really fighting your, your need or your wants to eat more food and you're fighting it by either drinking more or spending more money, which both of those things are going to lead to you eating more food, right? It's, it's the shame cycle. So if you know that you're doing those two things, you are, you're, 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 you're going down a bad path. Uh, and the other thing that you and I talked about is that if you have stopped tracking your food, your water, your vitamins, uh, you are reverting back to your old ways because you did not track your food, your water, or your vitamins before surgery. Tracking was not a thing that you did. And if you have stopped tracking now, you are, you, you're, you fallen into your old ways, right? Because if you don't track it, you don't have to acknowledge it. If you don't track it, you can tell yourself all kinds of stories about, well, I ate healthy today, or I ate this, or I ate that. You might have, but you might have ate double the quantity, or you also ate right. an extra protein bar, or a, or a shake, or you had a lick of something, or a taste of something, right? Bites, licks, and tastes add up to pounds. And if you are not tracking everything that you are putting into your mouth, you are purposely denying yourself accountability because you don't want that accountability. Well, and even if you're not somebody who tracks on a daily basis, um, because I'm, I'm not, I never have been, I didn't, I wasn't a tracker before or after surgery. I just, since I'm such a creature, a habit, I tend to do pretty much that I meal prep and just kind of eat the same stuff over and over again. So yeah, I know that it's working, but when my, you know, recently my nutritionist told me I need to up it a little bit, so I'm just adding a little more meat and a little more, I actually put vegetables with my stuff now versus before when it was oh. just straight meats. So, yeah. Um, but even if you're not, but you're finding yourself in a situation where you're really not losing like you were or mm -hmm. things like that, even if you just track, you know, put yourself on track for tracking for a week 
or a couple of days to get yourself in it because that way yep. it'll give you something to go off of you you need that raw yeah. data to be able to look at yourself and say okay i need to adjust this this and this to hit yeah. my calorie goal uh to make sure that i'm doing that and i'm not going into calorie deficit because that's yep. a, that's another thing that a lot of people don't realize or equate to not losing weight is just like you could be eating too much or eating the wrong thing you could not be eating enough and then your body goes into starvation mode and all that like it did before which is why some yeah. diets don't always work like that so those yeah. are also things that will assist you. Tracking doesn't always have to just specifically be about tracking the bad stuff. It's tracking to let you know that you're actually eating enough. So yeah. that's a big thing yeah. because people will hit that six and seven month mark and not realize that your caloric intake goes up from what it has been because you've been stuck at that six, 700 calorie mark forever. Well, now you've gone to 1200 calories and yeah. that mark will come and go before you know it. And some people may not know that they need to adjust up. And if that's the case, then you need to kind of bump that because your bariatric Bible will tell you if you've got the same sheet that we all got, that it mm -hmm. tells you when it's time to adjust your intake. So yep. make sure yep. you're going through that stuff and looking through all those papers because the, you know, your timeline is, if you don't keep track of your timeline for anything else, you need to keep track of it for that to make sure you're fueling your body the way you need to, because all the working out in the world, all the water in the world, none of that's going to matter if you're at a calorie deficit. Uh, I think it was James Clear's Atomic Habits, uh, and I think I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically says, like, you can't change what you don't track, mm -hmm. right? So the only way that you can change something is if you have some data. And when I'm really struggling to track, I just, I make a deal with myself. I say, okay, I'm going to track one thing today. It's not even a whole meal. I'm just going to track one thing. At least that gets my brain engaged with the work that I want to do, which is being accountable to myself and losing more weight. And I can only do those things if I'm tracking, if I, if I have the data. So if you notice that you have stopped tracking those things, you, you might be going back to your old ways. And then the last thing is, which we've already talked about, is that if you notice that you're bargaining with yourself, right? Well, I worked out. I did this. I ate this. Therefore, I can indulge in this. You're bargaining with yourself and you're falling back in, into your old habits. Yeah. And Jason, you shared that story with us. Yeah. Yep. And even though you're not tracking on paper, you are, you're tracking, you, you said a couple minutes ago, right? Well, I, I ate an extra protein. I had another shake. So you know that you are adding things in when nothing actually needs to be added. So right. yeah. Yep. You're doing that. Okay, so how do we get ourselves back on track? So when, when we notice that we've fallen into normalcy, when we notice that we're falling back into our old, our old ways, how do we get ourselves back on track? Uh, and you and I came up with some, with some really good ideas. Uh, the very first thing that we can do, stop eating and buying the shit food. Just stop buying it. If you don't purchase it, it's not going to be in your home for you to eat. Easier said than done, but that is within your control. Yeah. Very easy. Don't go down the aisle. Don't go into the grocery store. And especially now with food delivery or with, you know, you can get groceries delivered to your home or you can do all of your shopping online and then drive to the grocery store and they put it in your car for you. Only buy the things that will help you live your life at a healthy weight. And you know what those things are. Yeah, because like I said, I mean, if, if it's available, chances are eventually even if you're not doing it now because trust me i sat in my nutritionist's office at month like three and when she was like yeah you see a lot of people that are you know struggling because of covid and they're home quarantining but you know they're snacking on crackers and things and i'm like oh 
you know, that's awful. Who would do such a thing to themselves knowing what we've gone through? And uh, yeah, fast forward to yeah. month oh. seven. Yeah, this guy would. Yeah, right yeah. here. Yeah, me. yeah, I would. That's who. Yeah, the same guy that was just detested and couldn't understand how somebody would do that to themselves. Yeah, this guy. That's who. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you can look at it any way you want to. Eventually, you're going to fall. So, I mean, it's it's until we get to that five, six year mark where we know we're we're really solid in our commitment and our beliefs, uh, you know, we're on shaky ground. It's the, the, the statistics prove it. Numbers don't lie. So until we get to that, why even tempt ourselves? Why put ourselves through it? It's just so much easier to live life without the temptation than it would be to just set it on the counter and hope you don't go by and grab one. Like what's, yes. who does that? Like who does that to themselves? Yeah, no, exactly. Which is, it ties into willpower, right? So, and we've already talked about this, right? How do I get back on track? You have to recognize that willpower is fleeting and finite, that you only have a certain amount of willpower and you're going to use it up throughout your day. So if you just don't buy the food, you are not taking away from that willpower bank, right? It's not even in my home. I don't even have to fight it. And I can tell you from personal experience, it's a hell of a lot easier to not click an item into my digital cart than it is to not put it in my cart when I'm actually staring at it. Because if I'm looking at it, if I'm smelling it, if I'm imagining all this stuff in person, my willpower is going to be a hell of a lot less than if I just don't even see it on my screen. If I don't type in Cheetos, if I don't type in Cheez-Its, if I don't type in candy, it's not going to show up on my screen and I'm not going to add it to my cart. Use that willpower, right? Because as we say, it diminishes throughout the day. And if willpower was really effective, if willpower was a tool that we all had in massive quantities, bariatric surgery would not even be a thing. But bariatric surgery is a thing. Fat people exist. Willpower is finite and fleeting. Save your willpower for when you really need it. Just don't buy it. Well, and like Don't you said, it. I mean, once you're once you're going through and you you shopped a couple of weeks in a row online, that's the your your basically your previous order will come up and you can yes. just almost just re-add the re-add previous order to cart. Yeah. And that's what you buy. So eventually you, like you literally, like you said, you have to literally go find the stuff to be able to put it in your cart. And at that point, it, you're you're a lot less likely to do that than like you said, if you're standing there and you look at the box or something like you know, you're gonna. Chances are, you're a lot less inclined, or you're a lot more inclined to buy it when you're in the store than you would be online. If it's just the picture of it, it's just a little different. I mean, it's it's yep. not always that way, but the majority of the time, yeah, it's going to be a lot harder. Yep. And if you know that you're already struggling with this, the only way really to combat that old habit and, and those old addictions is to plan for them and plan around them, right? So you have to get as much discomfort in between you and your habit as possible. And if that means that you don't go to, to a grocery store for, for a couple of weeks, you're going to shop online, but that's going to put that discomfort. It's going to put that break in between you and the food that is necessary right now. It's not that you're going to need to do it forever. It just means that you need to do it right now. And it's going to help. It'll, it, Jason and I are, are learning. It's going to help. Well, and, and that's kind of the thing we had talked about, you know, when it comes to stuff like that, when you make changes like that, or you set goals for yourself, you know, everybody has goals in their mind of what they want to do with weight loss surgery. 
and you can you can the only static goal you need to have is healthy you set uh, like you can set a weight loss number goal like for myself i've always said i wanted to lose down to about 250 pounds my body may not agree with that so the problem that like i myself have had in the past is in diets or anything like that i will set a hard concrete goal for myself and then if I don't hit that goal, everything goes off the rails and I go back to eating again. I spiral out of control. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you know, if I, if I didn't hit it, you know, what's the point in even trying? And Ryan, you know, you go down that rabbit hole. Well, so what I've done with weight loss surgery is I've set soft but realistic goals. So I would like to try to be around such and such a weight by such and such a date. That way I let myself off the hook in saying that I'm going to do this. It's going to happen because as everybody that's had weight loss surgery can attest to your body does not always cooperate with what your mind says you're going to do. Yeah. And I learned that pretty early on. I was smart enough to kind of figure out, Oh, Oh, this is different. This is not exactly how I thought it was going to be. Cause I'm like, Oh, well, if I've lost this much weight this early, there's no reason I can't lose another 60 pounds by this and this. And my body's like, yeah, except you forgot to factor in the fact that I'm going to need to take a break because I can't just lose all this weight at one time or, you know, your organs will shut down or melt away or whatever. So it took me a while to kind of get into that mind frame of, oh, oh, it's not quite going to be that way. But, you know, that that's why you can't hold yourself to such a finite, just it's this, it's that, it's going to be this. And if I, I'm going to hit this goal. Because yep. then you start, you run the risk of of, of damaging yourself and, yeah. and not sticking to your plane. Yes, correct, right? If, if we're, it, setting goals can be a really great thing. But if, if we know how we, we, if we know how we react when we don't meet that very limited definition of our goal, if that spirals us out, then maybe goal setting is something that you need to put off to the side for now. Maybe, maybe it's more of benchmarking, right? I, this is going to be my next uh, place that I'm shooting for. And then, then here, then here, instead of just having that finite, like, well, if I, if I make it, if I make it, if I don't, I don't, and then horrible things happen, that's not beneficial to you. Maybe that's not, maybe that's not a tool that you you need to to use right now. And that's kind of what I do with, with tracking. So one of our other suggestions for like really kind of getting back on track, or, you know, if if you find yourself going down to this, this old place that's not good for you is is you have to start tracking again and before weight loss surgery I'd be like okay I'm gonna do all the things I'm gonna track all the things and I would you know say okay I need to do these 11 things well as soon as I didn't do those 11 things yeah like the you I was like well oh my god well I screwed it up like, like okay done and then you know fuck it the, uh, no I'm not I'm tracking off. anything <laughs> I'm not doing it I ruined everything so I can't do that but also, you know, knowing that I need to track water, water vitamins, and, and all my macros, that can be a little bit overwhelming too. So if I just sit back and say, okay, today I'm going to track my water, and I'm only going to track my water, right? And then maybe next week I'm going to add in vitamins, right? So if I just start tracking one thing and I do it one baby, you know, micro step at a time, I'm going to find more success in doing that. And then every time I, my day ends and I can go, okay, my goal is to track one thing today. And I did that. I tracked one thing. 
I'm going to feel confident about, about reaching that, that benchmark or, or hitting that goal. And I'm going to be enticed to continue to add little things in as I go. And if I get to the point where it's like, well, I wanted to track three things today. I only got to two. I need to step back my benchmark and I need to continue focusing on the two things. And I need to do that well consistently before I add something back in. But just committing to tracking is going to be a key to getting yourself back on track. Well, and the human, uh, the way the human mind works, we're so curious that if you track one thing, you're going to want to track something else. You're going to yes. want to know, well, if I did so good on this, God, you know, what did I do on this? And you start yes. thinking about it, you'll start doing that. You'll go, well, hell, if I did so good on these and I got to know what I did on this. And so you're, you know, it, as, as hard as you think it's going to be to get started, it's not going to be as hard as you think it is because we're just yeah. naturally curious as a race. So we're going to want to know as humans, you know, well, what did I do with the rest of this? And then you're going to get competitive mm -hmm. with yourself and you're going to want to try to start best in the numbers that you have. So doing it is going to work out for the better, um, you know, in, in the long run. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing that we can do is check our stories at the door. Man. And you and I, <laughs> right. And this is, this is, this could be like the theme, the, the theme for today. We all tell ourselves stories to justify our, our actions, right? Like uh, uh, you told yourself a story. Well, I did an extra workout or I worked more in the yard today. So therefore I deserve this. That's a story. That is a complete made up fabricated story that we use to justify our actions. Uh, and we know that it's not true. We, we know, we know it's not true. It's like people all the time say, well, I can never lose, you know, I can never lose the weight because X, Y, Z. Well, that's not actually true. You could lose the weight. It's going to take some tools, but you could do it. But these stories that we tell ourselves to derail our, to derail us, to get us to the point where, right, we, it, it gives us permission. Our stories give us permission to go back to our old ways because that's comfortable. And those stories will never get us to, to, to the goals that, that, that we set for ourselves. Because if we want to do something, we, we can make it happen. We, we're going to need to tell ourselves a different story. The story of you can do that. You will do that. This is how you're going to get that done. That's a really great story. But it's not a story because it's true, right? That's truthful. Stories are not truthful. And we tell ourselves these stories to allow us to do the behaviors that we want to do that are comfortable. We have to check our stories at the door. We have to ask ourselves, is this a story? Is this truthful? Is this helping us or is this hindering us? We have to have these honest conversations with ourselves if we want to move forward. And we, we, got, we have to check our stories. And you, Jason, have done a really great job of that. You've recognized, I'm telling myself some stories and they're not helping me. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and if you have, I mean, you know, all of us have a support person, whether it's family, friends, you know, spouses, whatever it may be, you, you can check that with your support person too. be like, listen, I feel like I'm doing this. So if you okay. see me doing this, you need to check me and be like, listen, like, this is bullshit. Like, you're not supposed to be doing this. And you know it, because you have to have that person that's not afraid to be honest with you. Because you're there's going to be times where you're not going to be honest with yourself. I wasn't honest with myself. April hasn't been honest with herself at times. It just happens. And, you know, after you've had surgery, there's there's some people that, that hit the ground running and they don't ever have a problem. They don't ever have a hiccup. They don't ever have, there's, there's just nothing. They, they just blow through it. And that's phenomenal. Like high five to you guys, big ups, like fantastic. 
but there's going to be a percentage of us that that kind of falls back into doing these old habits and have these stories and have these issues. You know, you're who we're talking to and you know, we're just recognize we see it in ourselves because we're not going to sit over and act like April and I are perfect and have never been through shit and don't have problems. No. <laughs> because because no. that was our whole point in starting this. It's like, I know there's people out there that have gone through and feel the same way that we do. And so I think if nothing else, it helps empower other people to know that you know, not everybody, like, we're not going to sit up here and act like we're the perfect faces of bariatric surgery, because damn that, like, what's the point in that? If we sat up there and try to act like we've never struggled and had a problem, people, A, probably aren't going to listen to what we have to say, because we're going to feel like judgmental, you know, snooty assholes, and that's just not who we are. Yeah. And, and that's just not, I mean, it's, it's just not practical to think that there's just that many people that have never faltered and have just, you know, skated through this like Nancy Kerrigan, you know, in the Olympics and never had an issue. I just don't, it's just not that way. No, it's not. And everybody, I mean, everybody who has had bariatric surgery had it for a reason. And I don't think anybody, even if you feel like your journey has been easy, you have had bumps in the road, right? And Jason, I, we're both successful after weight loss surgery. We have we have had a, a large amount of weight loss and we are maintaining our weight loss, but we can be successful and struggle. That's the whole point of this, right? Is that when we realize that we are struggling, we reach out to our community, we reach out to our accountability partners, we reach out to our medical professionals and we make the changes necessary. It's not easy, but it is what is required for us to be successful. And everybody is going to struggle. I don't think there's anybody who has had bariatric surgery that does not struggle to some extent after surgery, right? Because we, we got ourselves to the position of, of being obese because of our actions and, and, uh, and our addictions and our stories. So it is our job after surgery to figure out how to live with and to counterbalance those addictions those, those habits and those stories. And that's what this is all about, right? Finding an accountability per, per person can be a really powerful tool that we can use to do that. And the other thing that we wanna let people know is that all we're doing is presenting you a recipe for success, right? But like all recipes, there are 10,000 ways to make spaghetti or lasagna. It's your job as a learner, it's your job as a bariatric patient to look at all of these recipes to look at all of these ingredients and to pull the ones out to make your own recipe, right? Because what works for myself and what works for Jason might not necessarily work for you, but you can take pieces of these things and bring them together into your perfect recipe for weight loss surgery success. The key to this is that you keep trying the different recipes, that you keep saying, well, that's interesting or that's newer. I never thought about that. I'm going to try that. And you try it with fidelity. And if it doesn't work for you, then find another ingredient, find another tool and keep trying it until you find your recipe for success. Because you can be successful. Your health and your life depends on you finding success. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your recipe. Keep tweaking it and keep trying it until you find the combination that works for you. And then do it consistently. Do it with fidelity. Track it and just re rely on your, your recipe. Rely on us to use this community to help you find that magic combination that's gonna work for you. Just don't give up, don't give up. Yeah, you're worth more than that. Um, 
you owe it to yourself uh, to be able to push through and to those who supported you, to your family, to whatever, to, to your why, basically. Whoever your why is, whatever your why is, your why deserves you to push through and, and continue to make those changes. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so we've talked about a lot. Uh, Jason, you and I are both in this, both in this position of, okay, we're feeling normal. Things are, things are not going great. So this week ahead, what are you going to focus on in your weight loss journey to help you get back on track or to help you combat this feeling of, of normalcy? Well, what, what, what are you going to be focusing on this week? I'm going to focus on actually tracking my calories so that I know that I'm hitting the intake and I'm not overdoing it because I'm still bouncing between the same two or three pounds up and down that I've been yo-yoing on for the past week. And I'm kind of tired of it. I'm ready to be under 320. Uh, I've only been under 320 one day this week and I'm a little aggravated about it. So um trying to get there because my next step is to get under 300. Once I hit 299, I'm going to be super excited. So that's where I'm headed at this point. So I think in order to do that, I got to track my calories and all the crackers are gone away now. So I don't have to worry about that. I think we'll be, <laughs> I think I'll be safe in that. So. Nice. Okay. So, so my two questions for you is how are you going to track and what steps and actions are you going to take to make sure that crackers do not enter your home? again, or don't enter your body this week? I'm gonna be do, using the Berrytastic app uh, to oh, be able yep. to track all my all my intakes and things like that. Um, and as far as the cracker situation is, I'm not going to the store. I, I've already, I've already uh, opted out of all of those trips. Uh, I will not be joining in on the reindeer games. I'm not playing <laughs> around because I know myself and I know what I will do. And so I'm, I'm just not. Awesome. So, so it sounds like you, you, you have a clear path forward and you already have a play in the place for how are you, how are you going to, how are you going to focus on those two things this week? Awesome. Uh, I too, I am uh, nine pounds away from being in Wonderland. Uh, it's been my goal since surgery to, to, to be at 199 or under. Uh, and I know. And I think the key to my success also is tracking. I need to track. Uh, I have some food in my house that's not going to help me um, achieve those goals. Uh, so if I can't come up with a plan to safely either use that food to either prepare it for my husband for his lunches or find a way to include it, then I'm going to throw it away. That's my plan this week. I'm going to be okay with throwing away food. I know it's not healthy. If it can't be donated, then I'm going to throw it away. Uh, and I too am going to track. I'm going to use my WW app, my Weight Watchers app, and I'm going to track one meal a day. Uh, that's going to be my, that's going to be what I'm going to focus on this week. We have this, we've got similar goals. I like it. We can, we can support each other with that. And of course you and I are each other's accountability partners. We know that we, that we, that we like to hold each other accountable. So I'm excited to check in with you this week to, to see how your goals are going. Maybe, uh, maybe it'll be a good thing that we can do on Instagram live this week. We can hop on on Thursday and you and I can check to see, uh, how our progress is going with our, with our focus goals this week. Oh, that's true. Mm -hmm. That might be a really good thing. Ah, something always in the works. I love it. <laughs> All right. True. So next week, we're super excited about our conversation. Uh, Miss Becca is going to be joining us, and she's going to be sharing with us her post-op experience. So at that point, she'll be two weeks away from surgery. Things are going to be very raw. 
Uh, she will have kind of come out of what I think is the darkest period after weight loss surgery, that first week where you really kind of question all of your life decisions and you uh, regret having surgery and you want them to put your stomach back in. Uh, so I'm really excited to talk to her about what her experience has been total stop. And just based on conversations that I've already had with her and I think that you've had with her as well, she's making excellent strides in her recovery and she yes. has some phenomenal insights that I think a will help a lot of people as they, as they move through the journey. So I'm super excited to, to talk to her next week. Yeah, me, I, as, I am as well. Yeah, talking to her just a little bit, I see she's gone through a lot of the normal paces that we all go through, but she's kind of settling down into, into what yeah. life is going to be like. And I can't wait to get her on and talk to her about how things are going. Yep. Yep. And what I always appreciate about Becca is that she really holds nothing back and she's very honest about what she's going through. I mean, and she and I, and the three of us have talked about things that are really personal and are really yeah. hard to talk about. And yeah. she's just like, Nope, this is what it is. And that's really refreshing because right. Just even with this episode, it's important for people to know that we're successful and we're struggling, right? Like those two things, are, they're a part of the journey. They're, they're, they're very well married uh, and there's nothing wrong with struggling and there's nothing wrong with talking about yeah. it. And there's nothing wrong with bouncing ideas off of other people to, to help mm -hmm. us in our own journey. So I just continue to appreciate her honesty. And of course, you know, the honesty that we find with a lot of people in the community, because if it wasn't for that, it, it would be, it'd be a real struggle. Well, real and struggle. you, you mentioned what you mentioned was actually perfect, though, perfectly placed the way you said it is, we're succeeding, but we're struggling. But the main, the, the, the biggest part of that sentence is, is we're still succeeding. Yeah. Very few people succeed without struggle along the way. The journey wouldn't be worth it otherwise if, ever, if it was no. just so easy to just have the surgery, lose all the weight and be done. But that's just not how life works. So you need to know that even the biggest success stories of weight loss surgery have had struggles along the way and they did overcome them. They were able to bounce back from them. It's not a, you know, it's not an end all be all just because you hit a couple of bumps in the road. Um, and, and that's the biggest thing. You just need to realize that struggles are going to happen, but that doesn't mean it's the end of the road. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. I think we did it. We we always say okay we're gonna we're gonna work on like shortening these things up and then you and I get to talk to you and it's just it is what it is but every time I I leave uh, meeting you I always feel better I feel more grounded and I feel like I I have some new tools to uh, to to combat whatever happens to be in my way so thank you for for joy for, for yeah for just doing this with me it's freaking awesome oh, you, I love it you're you're very welcome I I agree I think we found something that that has added more to each other's lives than just the surgery or just an accountability yeah. partner. This, this adds a, a, a whole other dimension that I, I was not prepared for, but I'm extremely <laughs> happy to have, uh, you know, to, to have be part of my life and my journey now. So couldn't yep. be more excited. Awesome. And of course, to all of you who listen uh, to this podcast on your favorite podcast app we thank you for those of you guys who watch us on our youtube channel we thank you from the bottom of our hearts we are so excited and and honored to be a part of this community and we're we're just excited to continue to grow this community and to grow the listenership to grow the fellowship so that we can continue to to do this work because we feel it's important and we feel that it's needed so if you have not liked us or followed us on your podcast app or on youtube they would be a great way a great day to do that 
And we're always looking for feedback. So like I said, if you have a topic or if you have an idea that you want us to explore or that you would like to explore with us, please let us know. You can message us on Instagram. Uh, you can follow our page. We're east to west underscore weight loss surgery on Instagram. Uh, you can follow Jason and I also too. We have our own pages. I'm at actively April. Jason's at the Smithsonian, T-H-A, and then the, the word Smithsonian, like, like the museum. Uh, yeah, and just you know, communicate with us there, find us there. Uh, if you feel that our content is valuable, share it in on your pages, share it with your community, share it with your friends and family who are who are thinking about bariatric surgery or part of the bariatric surgery. Um, yeah, let's just let's let's grow this community. Let's let's make sure that we are supporting everybody in the ways that they need to be supported because that's the whole reason that we exist. <laughs> yes, please uh, continue to like and share uh, share with your friends, share with anybody else in the community that you know of. Please, if you could leave us reviews on oh, any yeah. of the platforms, all the platforms, YouTube, yeah. any of that, please, because we need more reviews to be able to keep them spreading the word on the podcast. So we appreciate all that. Plus, it also helps, like April said, gives us feedback on things that we may need to change, because just like we're not experts in the weight loss community or weight loss surgery community, we're not experts in podcasts either. So we just, you know, it's not like we're, we're not podcasters. We just play one on TV. We just, uh, we do the best we can with what we've got. We just kind of, you know, as, as structured as this is, we really just kind of wing it. So if there's anything better that we can be doing, you guys are the ones to let us know. So we appreciate all of that. Uh, we love being one of the sources that you guys get your information from, and we're happy to do that and want to continue to do that for as long as possible. Just know that you've got this and we've got you and together, you know, we'll all make it to the finish line. Perfectly said. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, Jason and I have something really exciting coming. Uh, we know that not everybody resonates with podcasts or, or with YouTube. Uh, we know that some people just like to, to read. Uh, so in the next couple of weeks, we are going to be watch, launching the East to West Weight Loss Surgery website. It is going to be awesome. It's going to be our repository for all things related to this community. So it's where you're going to be able to find our blog, which is going to be kind of like a brand new thing for us, but we're excited to, to share our experiences in that format. It's where you're going to be able to find these video uh, podcasts, the blog. It's where you're going to be able to access the podcast. We're going to post product reviews, recommendations, more personal stories from us and from the community, uh, recipe ideas, just anything that has lost. Uh, surgery, we are going to be uh, using that website as kind of like our repository. So in the next couple of weeks, you're going to see that launch, and we're very excited about that. So, you know, we're just looking for our, all ways to expand it and grow the community, and we think the website is going to be a really powerful place to do that. So be looking for that in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be Yes, awesome. super excited hey. to get that up and running. Yep, absolutely. All right, my friend, I think we did it. Is there anything else for the good of the order? I don't think so. I think we're good. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, as always, thank you so much for, yep, for, for chatting with me today. And I'm very much looking forward to next week. And I'm very much looking forward to season two. It's going to be awesome. Yes. Yes. I agree. Thank you as well for meeting. It's always uh, phenomenal to do and to get to speak with you like we do and uh, impart some uh, knowledge and speak with the people of our community. And uh, don't forget uh, this Thursday, we're going to be going live again on Instagram at the mm -hmm. East to West underscore WLS page. Uh, we'll be going live there. We'll be talking about just basically summing up what we've done as far as our, our takeaways for the week are. So join yep. us if you have questions or anything, bring them to there and 
you you can ask us questions. We'll do Q and A's and gives yep. us about 30 minutes to check in with each other and check in with you guys. And uh, we're super excited for it. Yep. Yep. Come by, say hi, let us know. Uh, yeah. What's been going on in your life? Pose your questions and yeah, just offer us feedback. It'll be fun just to hang out. We, we enjoy connecting with people. And we'll be doing that at uh, 4.30 Eastern. No, sorry. It's 4.30 Pacific time because <laughs> I messed that up. I messed that up last week. 4.30 yeah. Pacific time, uh, which <laughs> <laughs> oh, which is seven seven thirty Eastern time for those of you that yep. know how to keep track of time better than I do and know which coast you live on, which I frequently. <laughs> so you know, hey, it's because so, we all know deep down you you want to come to the West Coast, the the best coast. I mean, ah, I see, I see, I see. You know, Washington is God's country. What can I, I see. say? I, see. <laughs> I mean, like the sun is shining. <laughs> I mean, don't don't mind the rain or the wind or all the other right. crazy stuff. So. Right, <laughs> or the beach water you can't get into because it's super cold all year round. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah, that too. You know, hypothermia. Just, you know, whatever. <laughs> West West Coast problems. West Coast right. problems. Right, right. <laughs> all right, my friends. It's super awesome talking to you. Looking forward to seeing you on Thursday, and uh, yeah, and hopefully we'll see you guys there as well. So thank you for tuning in. We'll see you on the flip side. <laughs> thank you. Bye bye. Bye guys.